All right, praise the Lord. Thank you, Debbie. Take your Bible, please, and go back to the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verse 18. And notice, if you will, here where the Bible says, Therefore, as by one, listen to it now, if you would, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, watch it carefully, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. I want to speak this morning on the gift that keeps giving. The gift that keeps giving. Several times in her Bible, the word gift is mentioned. I, I, I just want to give you a few of those. Over in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, those of you that has taken time to be able to read a gospel track, share a gospel track, uh, maybe perhaps going down the Romans road and showing somebody their need of receiving Christ has used this particular verse where the Bible says, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We see over in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and it's not of yourself, it is the gift of God, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that during the Christmas season, those of you that are Christians, we know what it's all about. It's not about the lights. It's not about the Christmas present that's under the Christmas tree. It's not about some fat man dressing up as Santa Claus or maybe some skinny guy with extra padding. It's not about maybe some elves that you would see at a mall somewhere. It's not about the Christmas sales. It's not about that. It's not about the food even. And I know that as Baptist people, we enjoy food. But it's not about that. Uh, it is about our blessed Savior. It's about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords that was born earthly wise on that Bethlehem day so that he could fulfill the mission laid out by that which was a heavenly arena directed by his heavenly Father. So we understand. We understand what Christmas is all about. And we thank God for Christmas. We do thank God. And what a blessing it is to be able to enjoy the festivities of Christmas. Two of our ladies stopped me out in the hallway and said, Pastor, we went down into the Highland Park area uh, last night, just drove through and saw all the lights. And they said, oh, what a true blessing it was to see all the lights. I remember one time a couple years ago, one of our sons said, uh, Dad, I'd like to do something different for our family on Christmas. And uh, he purchased uh, a ride that we could go around in a carriage. And uh, it was more so, I guess, uh, like a wagon because there's so many of us. And we went around uh, down there uh, in the city and we saw all the beautiful lights. And of course, the person that was driving the horses was able to give us a little bit of history as we went through the park area. And it was absolutely beautiful. Yesterday, uh, starting at uh, 4 o'clock, our senior saints had their Christmas dinner. And uh, I was able to go in to uh, kind of go around and welcome everybody for coming and stuff. And then I shot out to be able to go home to be with uh, my dear wife and, and Rebecca. And so, but, uh, oh, I, I saw the spread. My, was it a spread. And can I tell you, uh, they ate and ate until their heart was content and their bellies were full. 
uh, can I say, uh, we enjoy that at Christmas time. Uh, we enjoy Rebecca coming in from North Carolina, and we enjoy having her home for Christmas. We enjoy the grandkids coming over for Christmas. Uh, we enjoy watching, honestly we do, probably more so the grandkids opening the gifts than anything else uh, uh, during Christmas Eve. We do it during Christmas Eve, that way they can go around and be with uh, other family and relatives, uh, you know, the next morning to be able to open gifts. And so, and that way they can take all their gifts home and they can play with them all day long on Christmas Day. But you know, we enjoy that. We enjoy hearing the, the Christmas story, especially read out of Luke chapter two. We enjoy reading that and hearing that during the Christmas season. We enjoy all the songs, all the songs about our Savior. Do we enjoy that? What a wonderful time it is all around us, especially in church. When we come to church and we get to hear the good old-fashioned songs about Christmas and what a wonderful, wonderful blessing it is. But can I tell you, uh, let's uh, study this morning the gift that just keeps on giving. In the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, as you no doubt will perhaps read this, maybe Christmas Eve or on Christmas day or uh, as it's read here in church Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 the Bible says she brought forth it says her firstborn son wrapped in swaddling clothes laid him in a manger because there was no room it says for them in the inn. and so uh, we see the story of that which is the birth of Christ here on earth and can I tell you we can thank God for his birth we can thank God for his mission we can thank God for his purpose we can thank God that he fulfilled that which was the will of God for him to be able uh, to pay for the sins of all mankind throughout all eternity so let's study if we could the gift what is inside of that gift you know it's amazing to me to watch the grandkids I don't remember our kids being that way but I'm almost proof positive that they were that way. Uh, but our kids will open up the gifts. Uh, they're more interested in opening up the gifts, seeing what's in it. Now, wait, don't, don't, don't leave me there. But seeing what's in it so that they can move to the next gift and open up the gift and see what's in it. And then what they'll do is they'll come back after they have all the gifts open and they have their little pile of stash is they'll come back and they'll pick the gift that they like the most and then they play with that gift for an extended period of time. And then they'll, they'll move over. Now, we don't do this. We don't do this. It just hit my brain. And so, but we're not going to do this. And that is we're not going to see who gives them the gift that they like the most and then look at each other and say, ha ha, it's me this year. We're not going to do that. Uh, but it is neat to watch them open the gifts and then just uh, kind of go to the next one and cut and can I tell you that's what it is about salvation isn't it amazing all that God does for you and I I mean, the day that we got saved just started a wonderful journey. The day that we got saved and received Christ as Savior, our eyes became open, our hearts became filled, but that's not the conclusion of the matter. That's only the beginning of the matter. Statement number one, let's consider some things. Uh, the gift of salvation, aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you don't have to work your way to heaven? Aren't you glad you don't have to be baptized in order to be able to swim your way in? Aren't you glad uh, that salvation is through Christ and Christ 
only when it comes to being able to be saved. Luke chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible says, and it was so, or listen to it now, and uh, so it was, it says, that while uh, they were there, uh, the days were accomplished so that she uh, would be delivered. And she brought forth, I read this one a moment ago, this verse, Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible says and she brought forth, uh, it says, listen to it now, her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 1, you'll see that there is a great, great description about our Lord and the prophecy that was given. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, the Bible says, and, it, uh, and she brought forth, it says, a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Uh, listen to it now, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken, it says, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin uh, shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, uh, which being interpreted as God with us. Now, what is that? That is the fulfillment a prophecy. Uh, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 7 in verse 14, the Bible says, uh, therefore it says, the Lord himself uh, shall be given you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so what's that mean? That means God with us. And so we understand that uh, when you receive that gift of salvation, that gift of salvation is forever. Why? Because God is now with you through his son, Jesus Christ, whereby we have that which is redemption according to the word of God. We have eternal life. But the, it's not just understanding who he is. It's just not the fact of, okay, God gave us his son. No, no, it goes further than that. There has to be that which is the receiving. Uh, the book of John chapter 1 and verse 12, the Bible says, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name so it's not a matter of there's a oh let's use the illustration Christmas tree gifts under that tree and it has somebody's name on it uh, oh no uh, you know a person can have a gift that has their name on it and that gift can be given to them but if they don't receive that gift that gift does not become theirs uh, there has to be the receiving of him. Uh, uh, years ago, there was a fellow by the name of Walter L. Wilson. Walter L. Wilson was a medical doctor that practiced medicine, but his greatest passion of all was leading people to Jesus Christ. Dr. Wilson would often use John chapter 3 and verse 16. One day there was a little boy that came into his office, and uh, he began to express uh, how urgent it was that this little boy received Christ as his Savior. And so he began to illustrate. As he said, does me giving you a gift make the gift yours? And the boy said, oh, no, sir. He said, it doesn't make the gift mine until I take it. Dr. Wilson said, well, you know, I'm not your normal doctor. He said, uh, uh, if, if I was your normal doctor, your parents would have chose me to be their family doctor. He said, they've not chosen me to be their family doctor. So though I'm helping you right now, I'm not your family doctor. I'm just helping you right now. But when you receive me as your family doctor, I'll be able to help you for the life that you now live. Now, can I tell you, uh, so many times we look and we see the goodness of God 
how God has been good to America, how God has been good to families. But there's a difference between God being good to America and God being good to your family and receiving Christ as your personal Savior. And so it's like that Christmas gift, that Christmas gift for the butler, if you will. That Christmas gift needs to be not just given, but it needs to be received. And that Christmas gift is none other than Jesus Christ. And so when a person receives Christ, oh, I could have heard how to be saved back in 1979. If I did not bow my heart and I did not receive Christ as my Savior, I'd never be able to have eternal life. It's not a matter of just believing that God is. There's a lot of churches meeting today, and uh, there's a lot of churches that will teach that God is, and they'll teach that Jesus Christ is. But uh, there has to come the time when a person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior. If they never receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, they can believe that God is all the way to hell. And so a person must receive the gift of God as eternal life through Jesus Christ their Lord. But they must receive that gift of eternal life in order to be able to have that gift as their gift. And so when they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, then he becomes their Savior. And can I say this, that God is not somebody that gives you a gift and takes it back and gives you a gift and takes it back. No, the Bible says, he that hath the Son hath everlasting life. And so when a person receives Jesus Christ as Savior, he gives them everlasting life. Thank you. Be seated. And that is forever. And so God gives us the gift of salvation. Uh, yesterday I went down to the Baylor Hospital and we have some family members that have relatives at Baylor. And, uh, and of course, you know, Steve Lindsay is there. That's Betty Lindsay's husband. And I went down to pray with Steve. I think this is the uh, second or third time I went down to visit with him. And so I saw the sword papers out here. I decided to uh, grab a couple of the sword papers. And I thought, well, here's what I'm going to do. While I'm down there, I'm just going to go visiting in these, uh, these uh, uh, waiting rooms. I'm just going to lay some sword papers in there. You know, people get bored. They need to read something. They might as well uh, read a good message written by someone years ago. And so I thought I'd be a paper boy yesterday. And so I went down uh, to uh, uh, visit Steve. I prayed with him. I went over to visit Brother Mason's brothers there, Dave. And so I went over to visit Dave, and I prayed with him and his family. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to start my paper out. And so I had those sword papers, and I started going to the waiting rooms. And I thought, you know, these people are hurting. They've got burdens. They've got somebody that's in the hospital they care about. And so uh, I, as soon as I went into the first waiting room, I said, hi, I'm Pastor Wells. I said, I'm going around, and I was going to just lay these papers here. But do you have a loved one you're praying for? I like to pray with you. And, uh, and they, uh, uh, they said, in every single waiting room, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Matter of fact, in one waiting room, there's several people there. And I said, I'd like to pray for you. And one lady uh, came over, and she said, would you pray for mine too? And they came over and they stood around me and I prayed for their loved ones that was in the hospital. And I said, now, uh, what I'd like to do after I pray is I'd like to talk to you for just a little bit. And so I took out my New Testament and said, you know, it's Christmas time. We're thinking about heaven. We're thinking about going there. And we think about our blessed Savior. And so I'd like to show you how you can know for sure that you could go to heaven. And I had the privilege in going to those waiting rooms and leading five adults to Christ. And boy, they were just so happy that they bowed their 
hearts and they receive Christ as Savior. Now, can I tell you uh, that uh, Christmas has to do with salvation? If there was not a Savior, you and I could never be saved. If nobody told us how to be saved, you and I would never understand the gospel. Thank God for people that care. Thank God for people that will reach out to try and help somebody understand their need of Christ. Yesterday was a huge event for our America for Christ ministries that started at 10 o'clock, was going to go all the way, I think, to 7 or 8 o'clock. And uh, Brother Walters, heading up that particular ministry, uh, asked if he could choose different workers, and they went down, and they had the privilege that over 5,000 people came to the event, and bikes were given away, and food was given away, and all sorts of things, and they had to promise a lead out of those 5,000 people, over 100 people bowed their hearts as they were standing in line as their soul winners and, uh, went up to them and talked with them. Well, that, 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 that's salvation. That's Christianity. That's what Christ is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. There is the gift of salvation. Statement number two, there's the gift of eternity. I said it wasn't going to stop. I said that it's the gift that just keeps on giving. You know, being saved is wonderful. Because, you know, I don't have to face all my calamities and problems by myself. That's wonderful. I mean, being saved, I don't have to go through life's troubles right here all by myself. Being saved, I don't have to rely on anybody but my heavenly Father, and my heavenly Father answers prayer. Uh, can I tell you, but it's more than just being saved here. You know, I mean, I'm saved here. I'm glad I'm saved here. I'm glad I can rely on my heavenly Father and trust him and uh, he can uh, come forth and be able to help here. I'm glad for salvation. I'm glad. Uh, by the way, I I'm glad I have other relationships, but it's all because of Christ. You ever think about how good it is to be saved here? Because I'm saved here, I get to be your pastor. If I was not saved, you wouldn't have called me as pastor. There's a pro bono for me. That's called a benefit. Hello? Because I'm saved, I, I get to walk beside you uh, during your difficult times, but also during your high rises. What a blessing. Because I'm saved, we have crossed each other's paths. If I wasn't saved, I wouldn't be living in Texas, no offense. But uh, it was because of the will of God that I came here. Well, somebody ought to say amen there somewhere. <laughs> Act like you're happy I'm here. But it's because I'm saved. But it's because I'm saved I got a dear wife. I learned Christian principles and we reared our children according to Bible principles. All because I'm saved. So I'm saying salvation's a wonderful thing, but it doesn't stop there. The book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, the Bible says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David. It says, A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now wait a minute. And so it's because of him that I have that which is eternal life. 1 John 4 and verse 12, the Bible says this. The Bible says, uh, it says, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Second uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but it says, is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so when Jesus gave us that gift, the gift that keeps on giving, it's salvation, but it's also eternity. The gift of eternity. 
years ago, uh, there was a missionary that was a missionary to Africa. And as uh, this gentleman was a missionary to Africa, he'd sat beside a lady one day that was an, an elderly lady, and she was blind. She could not see. But he told her the gospel, and she bowed her heart, and she received Christ as Savior. She got on fire. She was blind. She couldn't see. She didn't have a, a Bible whereby she could read it in Braille. That was very expensive. But she had an idea. I want people to understand the gospel. Across where she lived in her little hut, uh, there was a school, and she would hear the children get out of school every day at a certain time. She got the thinking. I wonder if I could show them what I know about the gospel. So she went to the missionary and she said, could you do me a favor? Could, she, could you take a red pen and, and go to that one verse that you preached about one time on Sunday, John 3, 16, kind of explains the gospel in a nutshell. And could you uh, underscore all of those words that's in that verse in red? Could you get a red pen and do that? Then could you take just the corner of the page up top and just bend it over so I can find it? She said, I have an idea how I can help these boys and girls come to know Christ as Savior. So every day after school, when the school bell would ring and the children would get out, she would go outside, and she would uh, greet all the children that was coming out, and she would ask them one question. Do you read, you read uh, French? Do you read French? Can you read? Can you read? Can you read? And those that said yes, she said, would you come here? And she was blind. She could not see. But she said, could you come here and read that verse that's right there that's underlined in red? Could you read that verse to me? And she said, after they read the verse, she said, now, can you explain to me what that verse does mean? And so as she read the verse and uh, could explain what that verse uh, did mean to the children because they didn't have good explanation, can I tell you this, that uh, many of those children bowed their hearts and they received Christ as their Savior. And as they bowed their hearts and they received Christ as their Savior, uh, the uh, history goes on that 24 of those men grew up and later became pastors of Baptist churches. 24 of them. Now, wait a minute, why? Because here was a lady that said, I've got such a burden to show someone uh, their need of Christ. I've got such a burden that somebody received Christ as Savior. I don't know much, but here's what I'll do. I'll take the story of Christ, and I'll tell people the story of Christ. And she did the best she could in telling people that story. Why? Because of eternity. May I say, uh, there's the gift that keeps on giving. What is it? The gift of salvation, the gift of eternity. You ready? The gift of blessings. The gift of blessings. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says, As it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Prepared for them. My dear wife's an excellent cook. I love my wife's cooking. I do. She's a good cook. And I tell you what, when she gets on fire about cooking, I get on fire about eating. <laughs> She's a good cook. You know, two of my favorite meats, and, and forgive me if you're a vegetarian, but uh, two of my favorite meats during Christmas time is turkey and ham. Say, oh, preacher, I'll pray for you. Please do. Please pray that God will give me more turkey <laughs> and ham. Boy, I tell you, and, uh, and sweet potatoes. Oh, sweet potatoes. Yes. Oh, yes. And green beans. All right. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, come on. Come on. And corn. Yes. Uh, uh, I have to do that, uh, that non-sweet apple pie. Pray for me. But, uh, but you can buy that stuff now. It's, it's sweet, but it can't, I can't use the sugar stuff. And I get enough sugar from my wife, but I can't take the real stuff that's there, that white stuff. Well, her stuff is real too, but I can't take the white stuff. Now, wait a minute. Watch this, if you will. I'm saying this. There is the, the gift of blessing. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above that cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness. The Bible says neither shadow of turning. You know one thing I, 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 I love? I love giving things to our family. I love that. I just love it. You know, uh, when the Lord gives me a little bit extra money, I preach off or something. Uh, you know, uh, I'll look for things, and I love giving things. I love finding needs and trying to help somebody with a need if I possibly can. I, I think that that is something that God has blessed me with. To be able to be a blessing to someone else, to me that is one of the neatest things that God has ever allowed me to have in my life. Now, may I say, the gift of blessing, you know, uh, we talked about the presence, but it's a continual unwrapping of that which is the blessing. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, the Bible says, wherefore, it says, my beloved, it says, uh, as ye have always obeyed, not as uh, in my presence only, but now, it says, much more in my absence. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, people express their salvation differently, don't they? They do. I'm not talking about different ways to be saved. I'm talking about the way that they live out their salvation to others. You know, some people, here's the way they live it out. They'll walk around, they sing all the time. They just sing. I mean, you know, other people, they walk around, you, you can't get them to frown if you try to. I mean, they're just walking around, they've got like this thing that's glued to their face, it's called a smile. You just, I mean, that's just who they are. You know, other people, they're always sharing, this is how God answered prayer. This is, I, I've got several men in our church that every week of the world, they come up to me, every week of the world, several men in our church that come up to me every week of the world, and they come up to me and they say, I want to tell you how God answered prayer in our family's life this week. And they come by the office, or they'll text me, or they'll call me up, and every week of the world, and it never fails. It's the same guys, but it never fails. And they come up to me and say, Pastor, I just want to tell you how God answered prayer in our family this week. And to me, that is such an encouragement. Now, may I say this? Uh, there's the blessings. Uh, uh, Lee Iacocco said this. He was, of course, the legendary Chrysler car maker. And he wrote in his autobiography. And I, I read a lot of different things. But he wrote this in his autobiography. And I took it down. He says, here I am in my twilight years. Uh, still wondering what it's all about. I can tell you this, fame and fortune is for the birds. That's what he said. Fame and fortune is for the birds. Now, may I say this, may I say that uh, you and I need to understand where those blessings do come from. You need to go to a gas station, the person driving the car says, hey, look, let's go in and get a cup of coffee and I'll treat. You ought to be shouting hallelujah and run five laps around the car. Not because of the coffee, but the blessing that was given to you. So I, I, think, I think we look for the big blessings. Well, I'm not going to thank God unless somebody gives me a car. I'll go buy you one. 
But I think we wait for the big blessings to really thank God. Well, why don't you be thankful to God this year because of all the little things that God's done for you? Some of you have trouble with your vision, and God's been good to you because now you have glasses. That is the goodness of God. Some of you have uh, uh, gone through some traumatic times physically this year, and yet you're still breathing. You're still walking. You're still talking. God's been good to you. Some of you have been praying that God, some of you boys, you've been praying a long time, God, give me a girl. God, give me a girl. Now you got one. God's been good to you. Some of you girls have been praying a long time, dear God, help me to break up. Help me to break up. <laughs> and you finally figured out how to do it. God's been good to you. God's been good to you. You know, some of us is old enough now. I never thought I would live as long as having grandchildren. Never thought my daddy died when Jonathan was uh, just knee-high to a grasshopper, and he's just a little boy, and, uh, and my daddy died. And so I never thought because, you know, my, a lot of my relatives uh, died young. I never thought I'd live old enough to see grandchildren. Uh, I prayed often. I said, Lord, I'd like to live to be an old person like my aunt. My aunt died at 109. She was playing on a ladies' softball league at age 98. She was running the bases. I said, God, I don't know what she had or what she ate, but if you'll show me, I'll eat it every day. Now, can I tell you this? Can I say this? Can I say that God has been good to us? God has been good to us. I mean, God is just, uh, he has overwhelmed us by his blessings. And if you'll just recognize the blessings of God, you would find yourself most fortunate. And then let me say this, and I've got to finish, and that is uh, the gift of sharing. The gift of sharing. You know, uh, uh, we, we had people during the Thanksgiving time, and I'd ask around different people, single people, older people, I'd ask around, I'd say, where are you going for Christmas? Uh, or, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving. And a couple said, well, I, you know, I'm not really planning on anything. And I said, well, what are you planning on eating? And some of them told me what they were planning on eating. I said, oh, no, you can't do that for Thanksgiving. Come eat with us. That's what you need to do. Come eat with us. And, and, and so we had people in, and we had a good time and just good fellowship and stuff like that. Now, look, can I tell you this? There's something about sharing. There's something about sharing. You know, you have a funny joke. Now, make sure it's funny. And don't laugh. You know, Brother Craig gets, gets me. He really does. He, Brother Craig can't tell a joke. <laughs> If you want to get around somebody that can't tell a joke, go tell him to tell you a joke. He can't tell a joke because here's the deal. He'll start to tell a joke and he'll start laughing. A 20, a 25 uh, you know, percent into it, he just start laughing and say, what are you laughing at? He said, I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, if you'd hurry up and get there, we could help you. Well, we could laugh with you. All right. But, you know, uh, there's that sharing. That's sharing. You know, one of the biggest things you could ever do, Brother Jones, this is the truth. One of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest Joneses you could ever share. One of the biggest truths you could, or one of the biggest blessings you could ever give is share your personality with someone. Share your personality with someone. Be that person that, that walks along somebody. Now, you've got to pick yourself up before you can pick somebody else up. But be that person that goes along and you just have a, a, a life goal that you're going to walk into somebody's life and make it better. 
make it better. See, that's how come, I, I believe that's how come I like leading people to Christ so much. Because I want to walk into somebody's life and make it better. And there's nobody can make it as better or as good as the Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that's, uh, that's why I like sharing the gospel so much. Because no matter where a person lives, no matter what they're going through, no matter what stresses they're under, man, you can walk into their life and you can give them, uh, introduce them, uh, present him, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift that keeps on giving, and they can make a decision of receiving Christ and then to change their life forever. Watch this and I'm done. Uh, act, uh, oh, let's go to John chapter 4 and verse 42 I'll read it the Bible says and said unto the woman uh, now we believe uh, not because of thy saying uh, for we have heard him ourselves listen to it now and now though know this is indeed the savior of the world know him personally when you know him personally can I tell you when you share so others can know personally it changes things there's a fellow by the name of John Newton. John Newton was a rough, dirty, old sailor, foul-mouthed individual, had an appetite for living a rotten life. You know, and uh, he was a slave owner, and he enslaved men for his own personal gain. And one day, one day, John Newton got saved. And John Newton spent the rest of his life assisting others to be able to be free. You know why? God changed his life. Later on, he became a preacher, and he got up and he started to preach, and in old age, uh, he'd forget what he was saying. He'd be preaching along, and he'd forget what he was saying, and one time he just kind of got hung up. Older man now, younger man is standing there kind of holding him up, and he just kind of forgot what he was saying, and, and he kept saying it over and over, Jesus Christ is precious. Jesus Christ is precious. So the young man held on to his arm and he said, now, you've said that three or four times, Jesus Christ is precious. In a loud voice, and he's still kind of rough, he turned around with a loud voice, he rebuked that young man and said, I know what I said and you say it too. And he said it again, Jesus Christ is precious. Now wait a minute, here's the same God that is rich unto all that call upon him and saved that man. And because he saved that man, Jesus Christ became precious. You'll be amazed what the gift of sharing will do this year.